1: Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in today. We're going to be talking about a sustainability issue that we've never covered on Go Green Radio in all the years that we've been on the air since 2008. This is our first episode on the issue of palm oil. Um, And we're going to go through it soup to nuts. We're going to talk about what it is, what it's used for, the problems with it, and some potential solutions, and I'm really thrilled to have our guest today, David Bass. He is the co-founder of a company called Pete Brothers, and they have some solutions for people who are looking to eradicate or to limit the amount of palm oil in their consumer goods. So, David, we're so excited to have you on Go Green Radio, welcome. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, to, sh- to sharing the issues and hopefully providing some solutions.
1: Awesome. Well, I'd like to begin right at the beginning um, and talk about palm oil and why it's so popular among manufacturers. Sure. I mean, it's in everything from food to paint. What is it about palm oil that makes it such an effective ingredient in, in so many different products?
2: Sure. Sure. So, you know, you're right. So palm oil is nearly everything. It's in about 50% of packaged goods, basically 70% of personal care products and beauty products you can find it in pizza and donuts and chocolate and peanut butter and soap and shampoo and, 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 and paint and biofuels. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that looking at the history of it, um, big business, big industry will always find the cheapest alternative um, at the time.
1: I just want to talk to you about palm oil and and where it's found. And he was just getting ready to talk to us about where it's found and what makes it such an effective ingredient. So one of the things that you can do, there's a a website that actually explains this pretty well.
2: Yeah, industry will always find the cheapest alternative to a problem. And as an example, so... For the longest time, specifically thinking about personal care for a moment. You know, soaps were made using an ingredient called tallow. And tallow is, in fact, um, nothing more than an animal byproduct. And so what wound up happening over time is people were realizing what tallow was. Big businesses, big, large companies were looking for um, alternatives to tallow. And what they found was that palm oil... Actually, ended up being um, the cheapest, best alternative at the time for palm oil, and cheapest being the um, the, the, the 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 major focus there. I mean, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, large corporations are always looking to to make sure that they're um, that they're able to extract as much profit, and this is and this is what what happened. And the problem is, is that when palm oil was used and seen to be this, this, this great alternative, it came with a really big cost. And, you know, that cost was um, destruction and deforestation of rainforests and, you know, eradication of, of uh, endangered species habitats. And, and now we've seen more and more, you know, the violations of human rights. And so it's actually brought a, while it may be considered a, a good ingredient in a lot of products, there's a lot of environmental and social, um, social problems with it. And that's Absolutely. why I'm here to talk to you today.
1: Well, and, and, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, what used to be used in soap. Um, But, you know, I can't help but wonder, you know, as as I've been on my sustainability journey, I've found that so many of the things that my grandmother used to do were actually really sustainable. (laughs) The things she used to clean with, the things she used to cook with. Um, Not everything, but, you know, sometimes I think back to these old timey solutions and we're kind of going back to some of those because they are more sustainable. Has palm oil always been as ubiquitous as it is now? I mean, was my grandmother buying palm oil in the grocery no. store? <laughs> what was
2: the shift? No, it's, it's actually really exploded um, over the last couple of decades. So it really started to bec- become more known about 50 years ago. But in the, in the mid-1990s, that's when it really exploded. Um, and now what we're seeing is that palm oil and palm kernel oil you know, coming from the same plant basically represents 40% of the world's edible oils basically mm. coming from nothing and it, it it has truly exploded um and if you think about that 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 40% 85% of all palm oil is actually grown on two tiny in two tiny countries in Malaysia and Indonesia so you think about that all of this vegetable oil grown in two tiny countries and it's grown there because of rainforest, because of that climate, and what it can, and and the only way to then harvest it is then burned down rainforest. It's pre, it's it's pretty remarkable what we've seen environmentally over the last you know twenty to thirty years just because of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and and that leads me to my next question because uh, you know when we look at um, just the issue of supply chain and we think about um, single sourcing anything. There's always a risk to that. And so, you know, we we look to diversify our supply chain and and have um, backup plans. If something goes wrong where we get the majority of an important component or ingredient. So can palm oil be produced anywhere or does it need to be grown in specific regions of the world?
2: It absolutely needs to be grown in specific regions. Um, And it can only be grown in areas around the equator. Um, you know, that's why, that's why it thrives so well in the, the environment where rainforests are supposed to thrive. Um, much like alternatives, if you think about sunflower oil, um, or sunflower, which can be grown in, you know, throughout North America and Western Europe and in Russia and Ukraine, like it, it actually in palm oil can be grown in very specific amounts of, uh, amounts of land across the, across the world. And that's why, you know, for us and, you know, with Pea brothers, you know, we've, We've moved away from that. We are focused mm-hmm. on, other, on other things that can be growing in more places around the world for better sustainability.
1: Mm-hmm. So because this is Go Green Radio, we want to talk about the impact, you know, and you yeah. alluded to it just a moment ago. But, you know, spend some time and, and really tell us about yeah. the impact of palm oil production on the environment and on yeah. wildlife in the regions where they are producing the greatest amount of palm oil.
2: Yeah. So, you know, focusing on on Indonesia and Malaysia.
1: Right. Indonesia and Malaysia is, you know, that's that's the epicenter. And, uh, you know, I know that a lot of their economy definitely relies upon... you know this this industry for sure i think we may have lost david for just a moment um, but we're gonna we're gonna grab him back in just a second but you know as we're talking about palm oil we can't neglect to look at the kind of places that are, are growing this i mean they're Historically uh, low income, historically uh, very wild places on earth. I mean, we, when you talk about Indonesia and Malaysia, a quick Google search will show you that this was once a very uh, lush, green. biodiverse place. And so we've got David. And so David, you were talking about Indonesia and Malaysia. And, um, you know, we, we were talking about the impact that palm oil production is is having on the environment and wildlife in those regions. So talk to us about that a little bit more.
2: Yeah, no, I, and again, I apologize. You got you to gotta love technology in today's day and age. Um, yes,
1: <laughs> no worries. We're fine.
2: So, so, you know, the the fact of the matter is, is that um, when, you, when you actually look to grow and build a palm oil plantation, something's got to give. And in those areas of the world, like Indonesia and Malaysia, um, that, you know, it's, 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 it's rich with, with rainforests. And the only way to make space is to tear those rainforests down. And you know, they don't just cut the trees down. They actually burn the rainforest to the ground. And you know that in itself is bad, and it releases tremendous amount of of bad gases into the atmosphere, which impacts climate change. But the other piece too is that those rainforests are sitting on carbon rich peatland, you know, which you know contain a ton of water as well as a you know is a is a great trap for carbon dioxide, and that is then released into the into the atmosphere, which which has um, additional implications because of greenhouse gas emissions and so you're you have like a double whammy you're actually um, burning and then um, eliminating um, deposits of carbon in in in, um, in the soil which is which is super problematic mm-hmm. but you know that's that's only one part of it you know the other piece is that you're you're completely eliminating habitats for upwards of two hundred endangered species i mean we've seen the orangutan population essentially cut in half in the last ten years alone, and you think about, um, you know, uh, tigers and elephants, and you know, it's just it, it's it's been pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's a there's a long term impact um, from an environmental standpoint, in addition um, to this to to a species and environment. Um, Absolutely. And then the last piece is that, is, is, is the human rights, um, component of it and how are those people treated? And I think right. that's, and- that's something that's, that, that's been popping I, up, and Pete Brothers, we've been more focused on the environmental piece, and that's where we've really, you know, held our hat. But there's been a number of articles recently around the around the human rights stuff as well. Yeah,
1: and I've been I've been looking at some of the Associated Press articles about it. What can you tell us yeah. about the conditions of the workforce that's involved in palm oil production?
0: Who sure. are they? What's they, their life know,
1: like?
2: You know it. Uh, apparently, you know, in, in reading those articles and learning more about it, it seems pretty tough and it seems like a pretty vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. So the, these palm oil plantations, um, you know, have established high quotas for their workforce um, in, in how much palm oil they can, uh, how many, how much of fruit of, of the palm tree they can actually produce. Um, and then those folks can't meet that quota. And what they do is then they then rely on their families and their children to help them out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, without
2: increasing rage, wages. And, you know, what that leads to is child labor and then a cycle. Those children then, you know, stop educating themselves and then they become workers on that same on those same plantations. Um, yeah. So it does become a vicious cycle over and over again. And
1: that is and then, not you know, something so, anybody wants to support. That's for sure. And we're going to take a a, know, you, a quick commercial break. About- but- yeah, but when oh, we sorry. come back, no, no worries, David. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
0: News, News. 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 Hear me. Hear me. Hear your voice Hear counts. Me. Hear me. Call toll free 1-866-472-5787, one 472 5787 voiceamerica.com.
1: Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in. If you're just joining us, let me catch you up. Our guest today is David Bass, co-founder of a a company called Pete Brothers, and they are offering up some very important and very cool solutions um, to this issue that we're talking about today, which is palm oil and why it's something that we need to think about and we need to try and eliminate from our consumer good purchases. It's in everything from food to paint, and it's really causing some environmental problems, also some human rights problems. And David, I had to cut you off because we were going to commercial, but I wanted to give you a chance to finish what you were talking about in terms of the workforce involved in the palm oil industry.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think at the end of the day, um, just to sum it up, is that uh, the, the environment is challenging. You know, you, you hear reports, you read reports that, um, the health, that, that there are health care concerns, that there are um, education concerns for children, that, you know, the most recent AP expose about child, about child labor, um, and then you hear about, you know, the, the abuse of women on these plantations and you know it's 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 horrific and you know we try to do everything that we possibly can um for our products to make sure that where we we stay as far away from that as possible um you know we want to make sure that we don't want to be any part of that Um, absolutely um, we know that the power of the
1: purse yeah the power of the purse is strong i mean if there's nobody buying products. Nobody makes those products or nobody uses those ingredients to lose money. So, you know, when we can make educated choices, then... You know, we can we can really move the needle and people need to understand that. So, David, we have a lot of listeners who are new to sustainability. Some are students, some are adults who are just starting their journey. and And honestly, this might be the first time that they're learning about this issue of palm oil. So, for their sake, I want you to talk to us about the brands and the products that use palm oil. Imagine that we're all going on a field trip to the grocery store together. <laughs> Where would we find palm oil products?
2: Uh, it's it's everywhere. And sometimes it's very overt, and sometimes it's super hidden. Uh, you know, it's in everything from shelf-stable food, like I mentioned before, from peanut butter to your favorite sandwich cookie to your favorite hazelnut, you know, chocolate spread. You know, it's found in ice cream and pizza and soap and shampoo and even biofuels in, part, in different parts of the world. and it And it can come across as... Something as simil- simple as vegetable oil, but not necessarily calling out that as palm oil, or in personal care products it could show up as you know sodium palmate or palm kernel oil. But in a lot of regards, it actually you may not even recognize that it's there, and that there are there are hundreds um, of different um, ingredients that have palm oil in it that don't actually show up as saying that. It's palm. And so, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, doing your research and understanding where palm oil actually may fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, 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 it's one of those ingredients that's hiding in plain sight.
1: Yeah. And that's um, the and hard most people thing. Don't it's, know it. it's, it's kind of like, you know, we've done some shows on PFAS in water and it's the same kind of thing. I mean, there, people are starting to learn about PFOA and PFOS, uh, but there are hundreds of other alternatives that are very similar to those chemicals. And and palm oil is exactly the same. Um, You know, it's got a a few hundred derivatives that could show up um, on the ingredients list. So, you know, if if we're looking for alternatives to palm oil, you know, we, we don't want to end up choosing something that's just the same or worse. I, I remember distinctly when BPA became a big deal, plastics in yeah. baby bottles and BPA, you know, started to be removed, but some of the things that were used in its stead were no better. And so talk to us about the alternatives to palm oil and, and is their impact on the environment and human rights better?
2: Yeah, you know, so for for us as an example, you know, with Pea Brothers, you know, we focused... Not only on just eliminating palm oil, but also focusing on on ingredients that are not only better for your skin that people recognize, but also just on ingredients that can be grown in a lot more places in the world. So, you know, I had mentioned sunflower oil before, and that's you know that's a perfect example. You know, we use that, and it can it's grown if you were to drive anywhere in the Dakotas um, mm-hmm. during late summer, or um, in large parts of North America, or in Europe and in Russia, you'll see that it can be Grown all over the world, um, and you know we try to make sure that we're sticking with those um, with those ingredients that you know you're not having to burn down massive swaths of of, of forests and fertile land to do it, and so that's that's where we focus. Um, yeah, it, go ahead. Uh,
1: no, that that's that's exactly what we need to understand is you know what what in as much as we're looking for what not to buy (laughs) we need to look for what we should be buying and so that's a great alternative you know i have seen these quote-unquote sustainable palm oil certification labels um but i based on what i read on your website for pete brothers um i'm suspicious and um i i want you to tell us what consumers should know about these sustainable palm oil certification labels
2: well, you know, you know Joey, you, you should be suspicious. Um, you know, in our estimation, and, you know, I know a lot of people believe it too, and we've seen it in the data, that sustainable palm oil is nothing more than greenwashing. You know, the, the, the fact of the matter is is that there is an organization called the Roundtable for Sustainable Palm Oil that um, has created this certification For sustainable palm oil and they were established by large banks and plantations and um big manufacturers um that they are supposed to be overseeing so if you think about that you know you have big brands that need palm oil have created this organization to then create a sustainable way of doing things the problem is that that hasn't worked out and as an example you know there there was a tremendous amount of um, deforestation happening prior to two thousand five. Those tr- those plantations that were already deforested were then dubbed as certified sustainable. Uh-huh. Um, they were grandfathered in, uh-huh. and so you'll have those the, those lands that produce quote unquote sustainable palm oil, but then that doesn't prevent um, the the vast majority of palm oil, which is actually is not not considered sustainable, from being grown um, at the expense of rainforest deforestation. So, if you think about it, sustainable palm oil represents about twenty percent of all palm oil worldwide. Okay, where does the rest? Where does the rest of it come from? Mm-hmm. It comes from lands that have been decimated, and so. There and, and that number hasn't really changed in the last five years, so they're not making progress. And wow. it's fairly easy, which what I've read, and there are a number of examples to gain or lose certification, or then regain that certification that you've lost it. Um, um, and, and so. We've just taken the stance at Pete Brothers. You know, sustainable, not sustainable. It's it, it's it's not good in our books. So we're just going to produce products completely without it and try to and work to find better alternatives.
1: Yeah, I I really respect that, and I want to start talking about your company, Pete Brothers, because, um, you know, it, it is such a divergence from the norm. It's very brave yeah. to do something like this, very revolutionary. So talk to us about the founding of Pete Brothers. Give us the story behind your company and its mission.
2: Of course. So, you know, I, and, and I'll, one thing that I'll lead with is that, you know, there's, a, there's obviously a, over the last several years, there's been this movement towards more, quote unquote, natural. And one of the things that's, that's definitely crossed my mind Um, over the last few years is how can brands consider themselves to be natural when they're complicit in working with an industry that is hurting the environment in a really big way? Um, If you look at that vast majority of of personal care products, you're going to find that palm oil is typically in the top of the ingredients list, and and that's a problem. So getting back to, like, how the brand got started. So, um, personally, me and my family, we've, we've always, at least for like the last 10 to 15 years, been very conscious about what we put in our body, what we put on our body, focusing on organic, trying to eliminate plastic. A lot of that has definitely been driven by my wife. I mean, she's been really <laughs> phenomenal and has tall me a ton. Um, and you know, as we focus on what we put in our body and what we put on our body, how are those? Um, how are those ingredients actually impacting the world around us? And that's something that you know we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about. Um, the other co-founder of Pea Brothers, um, his name is Jeff. He, um, I met with him, and he was actually sharing a story with me when he was in Asia, um, around just the fires and the smoke and the pollution that he saw. Um, that was being blown from hundreds of miles away wow. and he had asked the question um where is that smoke coming from and he later learned that that smoke was coming actually from the burning of, of rainforests oh, and wow. you know he was appalled by it much like anyone should be we should all be outraged by things like that yeah. and he was telling me this story and knowing and learning about that palm oil is in everything and the destruction that's tied, being tied back to it, and then shopping the aisles and seeing that it's in everything, like, okay, well, how do we make a difference? There's got to be a better solution. Um, and so what we've been able to figure out is that better solution is to eliminate palm oil um, and replace it with ingredients that people are um, actually searching for. Like when someone yeah. goes into the aisle, no one's saying well i 'm looking for a palm oil bath bar <laughs> they're looking True. for they 're looking for shea butter they 're looking for olive oil they 're looking for things that they know will moisturize their skin and so what we 've been able to do is replace that palm oil with tremendous amounts of that shea butter and olive oil really at the top of that list. The other piece that was that was super concerning for us and why we got into this biz- and why we built this brand is that you look at the products that are in the aisle, and when they say they have shea butter or they say that they have olive oil, that ingredient is typically falling below natural fragrance, which means that it's probably less than 1% of that product, mm. yet, yet brands are standing for it in their branding. Well, how is that fair? Right. Um, so what we've done is we've made sure that when we say we have shea butter in our products, it's going to be in the top three ingredients, more likely the top one or two.
1: I love that, David. You guys are so awesome. And we're going to direct everybody to your website in just a moment. We've got to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we are going to dive headfirst into the deep end of the pool to talk about Pete Brothers and their awesome solutions uh, to a palm oil free life. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
0: For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Welcome
1: back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in. And if you've just joined us, let me catch you up. Our guest today is David Bass, and he is the co-founder of a company called Pete Brothers. And you can actually check out their website at www.petebrospalmfree.com. Dot com. And we're going to be talking about their solution to a uh, an effort to remove palm oil from your purchases. And so, you know, I on your website, you're so transparent, which, you know, people really appreciate that, David. You know, we like to support companies that are really transparent. And you have all the ingredients that you use in your products uh, up on your website. And I'd love for you to tell us more. You talked about shea butter and olive oil, but you also have hemp oil and CBD. And, you know, I know that there may be customers who are uh, a little bit concerned about those two ingredients. So walk us through some of the most common questions that people have about that and tell us more about your ingredients.
2: Of course. So, you know, I'll I'll start with the the high level. You know, we, we, we definitely take pride in being transparent, whether you're looking at our website or on our package, we show you the ingredient, actually what they mean and what they do. You know, our goal is we want who is, whoever is buying our product to start doing their research when they're looking at our products or looking at our website. That's important to us. Um, it's all about becoming more educated and you know learning what you're putting in and on your body. You know, we, we definitely stand tall for, um, for shea butter and olive oil and hemp oil um, in our products. And we do have, um, we, we've made sure that for example, in our shea butter bath bars, that shea butter is the number two ingredient. Um, you know, versus other products out there, where you may see it, you know, buried under natural fragrance, and and shea butter actually makes up twenty five percent of that entire bar, which is quite a lot um, compared to what you may find out there. Um, you know, what I would say when I think about um, the rest of our portfolio, you know, what we've been able to do. It's challenging, like creating products like this. It's definitely not easy and it's expensive to do, but we truly believe it's the right thing to do um, for the world around us. Um, to answer your question on hemp oil, you know, we do have um, a segment of our business that does focus on hemp oil and CBD um, and it's, it's an interesting business to be a part of. Um, I, there are some funny questions that, that we do get periodically as an example. Is it legal? And it mm-hmm. is legal. Um, you know, you know, per, uh, the farm bill that was signed a couple of years back,
0: mm-hmm. we get
2: questions. Will, will the, these products, um, um, quote unquote, get me high? That's, that, that's when we actually get quite a lot of, and the answer is absolutely not. Um, there's no THC in any of these products, um, and we, um, we, we make sure that, that all of our products are 100% um, pure CBD isolate, which means that there's no THC at all, which, which aligns with, um, with government standards.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think, you know, for anybody who wants to uh, check out your, you know, your website and look more at the, um, the ingredients list, like I said, you can get out on the website at Pete Bros, B-R-O-S, palmfree.com. And one of the things that's really cool um, about the, the Pete Bros line is that, um, you know, you can look at the different products and the ingredients. And not only do they tell you what's in the ingredients um, and, and what's in their products, but they tell you what they do. You know, is it a moisturizer? Is it an emulsifier? Um, you know, what are these products and how do they, how do they work for you? Um, and I think they have a whole FAQ frequently asked questions page about um, you know, it's hemp oil and CBD. And David, I wanted to ask, where do you source your ingredients? And, and what steps do you guys take to ensure that your supply chain is something that your customers can feel good about?
2: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of work behind it. You know, I think, like I had mentioned before, um, you know, palm oil can sneak up in anything. And so what we do is we actually, with all of our suppliers and, you know, with the manufacturer that we work with, we make sure we get palm oil-free certifications from every single supplier that we work with to make sure that there's not even a trace. And, you know, that's, that's very important to us because, you know, the last thing you want to do is be surprised. You know, mm-hmm. we also make sure that we, we try to get, you know, the, the best possible ingredients. So whether it's, you know, making sure that, you know, our shea butter is um, is uh, is is grown using fair trade practices. Whether um, the CBD that we use, making sure that it is um, it is safe and that it is um, 100% CBD isolate, or even making sure that um, when we look at the um, and look at the, the sense of our products, that they're natural fragrances, not artificial fragrances. And we, we take, you know, steps to make sure that we're removing a lot of the other bad stuff, not just palm oil, you know, sulfates, phthalates, um, parabens, et cetera, to make sure that we're giving you a great product.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to talk more specifically about your products and give you a chance to, you know, to tell us more. So tell us about some of your soap products.
2: Yeah, so we have three different lines of, uh, of, uh, bar soap. Uh, one is our shea butter, two is our olive oil, and three is our hemp oil plus CBD. And, you know, you know, again, like all of these products are focused on not having any palm oil in them, clearly leading with the hero ingredients. So shea butter, olive oil, or hemp oil are all in the top, top part of that ingredients list. Um, typically one or two, um, on that ingredients list. And, you know, we've, we're focused on creating better moisturizing products. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, we, like, like I mentioned in, in all of our products and on the boxes itself, we're very transparent. We tell you all the ingredients, what they do and what they mean for you and your skin. And, and also we, you know, we encourage you if you have questions to reach out to us and, and we'll, we'll be more than willing to help you. The rest of our products, we're actually, um, we're actually super excited about um, a number of innovations that we have coming. So, you know, we, we have lotions on, on, in our, in our site and in our business right now, and we're actually transitioning um, all of that packaging from plastic bottles to aluminum. Um, oh. And that's going to go up on our website probably in the next week. Wow. And, you know, our focus there, I mean, we, we clearly want to make sure we have phenomenal ingredients Mm -hmm. Um, But we also know that we had to make a stance against plastic, too, because to have great ingredients and not the best eco-friendly packaging is not the right decision. And so moving all liquids to aluminum in 2021 was top of mind for us.
1: That's Um, really cool. I mean, aluminum is one of those, you know, materials that can be pretty much infinitely recycled. I I love that. Honestly, I don't think I've seen any lotion in aluminum. And so, I think that's pretty cool. Tell us more.
2: Yeah, we will be one of the first. And, you know, we're we're very excited about about the opportunity. I mean, the fact of the matter is is that, you know, we explored lots of different options. We explored post-consumer plastic, recycled plastic, et cetera, And the fact of the matter is is that plastic, even if it's recycled, it's going to end up in a bad place at some way at some point. Because yeah. it can only be recycled a, a, a finite amount of times usually two to three times yeah. to your point before aluminum can be recycled an infinite amount of times which makes it the perfect the perfect bottle yeah. for what we're looking for
1: well and you know i kind of I kind of skimmed over this, but tell us more about your lotion products I mean besides this this cool packaging concept yeah uh, tell us more about those products
2: yeah so the, our lotions right now we have um, We have four natural fragrances within shea butter and three natural fragrances within our hemp oil plus CBD. You know, what I would say here is that um, shea butter is our number two ingredient, again, on this product, Mm -hmm. which is um, um, super high compared to uh, the rest of the industry. You know, we have made sure that, you know, we want to make sure that it is incredibly moisturizing, especially during this time of the year when it's cold and your skin is dry, it's not one of those, those lotions that's going to go on super thick and super heavy because we, mm-hmm. we eliminated a number of the, um, the unnatural thickeners um, oh. for our lotions. So it may go on a little bit thin, but it absorbs quickly and, it, and it's very moisturizing. Um, yeah. We like to say that a little goes a long way on these products.
1: that's awesome well and and i know that you guys have sort of a a broad view of sustainability and when we think about truly sustainable companies you know part of what they do is is give back and can you tell us what pete brothers is doing to give back
2: yeah we we are a proud partner of one percent for the planet Uh, where we give at least 1% of our gross annual revenues to organizations that, you know, are fighting the good fight. And in in our case, you know, partnering with organizations like the Rainforest Foundation to help with rainforest preservation and helping um, indigenous populations. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really important to us. I think, you know, we could talk all day long about, about eliminating palm oil, providing tremendous products, but if we're not giving back... Then you know it's a, it's a half-empty proposition,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Absolutely. you know we're 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 excited about that that partnership, and we're excited about um, continuing it long term.
1: Well, and one of the things that I appreciate about the Rainforest um, Action Network and, and some of the other rainforest-focused organizations is that they realize that, let's say we all decided to eliminate palm oil tomorrow from everything we have. Yep. There are a lot of people who are relying upon that industry for their jobs, for their livelihood. Yep. And they, they are kind of a almost a monolithic ecosystem. Economy, um, and so we need to. At the same time, it's kind of like you know when when we all decided we don't want coal-fired power plants anymore. Well, my dad yep. was a coal miner, <laughs> yep. and so I know um, what that looks like when somebody all of a sudden is in an industry that isn't wanted anymore, and they're well into their careers, and they, you know, uh, they have to be retrained to do something else, and somebody has to hire them to do something else. And so some of those organizations that are focused on one economic alternatives are so important. And so, I think that's really genuine and authentic for your company to be giving back and and to be supporting organizations that are not just trying to preserve the rainforest, but they're trying to preserve the human dignity of the people who live there and to give them an alternative. I guarantee you that the people who work there and work on these plantations would love to make a living doing something else. And so, it's incumbent upon all of us to to support that, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, uh, we have much more to talk about with David Bass, the co founder of Pete Brothers. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
0: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could be with us. Today, we're talking with David Bass, who is the co-founder of a company called Pete Brothers. Um, they make soap and lotion that is free from palm oil. And you can find their website at com. That's P E E T B R O S palmfree.com. Besides going to your website, David, are there other ways that our listeners can find Pete brothers products? What are all the ways that we can shop for your soaps and your lotions?
2: Yeah. So we, we are um, expanding distribution um, across the country with, you know, retailers on the East Coast like Wegmans and mm-hmm. Raley's and Mother's Market on the West Coast. Um, you can find us on Amazon and, as well as Kroger.com and Vitacost. But, you know, we're, we're a new brand and we're growing. So we're, try- yeah. we're trying to find retail distribution.
1: Yeah, you're very new. I mean, uh, 2019, is that right, when you found it?
2: Yeah, the very tail end. So we, we okay. launched the brand right before um, <sighs> a pandemic. global pandemic. Yeah, Interesting
1: Yeah, that's tough <laughs> That is tough You know, David, we have a lot of students High school and college students who listen to Go Green Radio Shout out to all them um, And they are always curious about how people end up in green jobs I'd love to spend a, a couple of minutes uh, talking to you about your journey, David I mean, when you were a college student Did you ever imagine that you would end up founding a sustainable consumer goods company? Tell us, tell us how you got to this job
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, so the, the, the quick uh, response is no. Um, and I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, s- still um, trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. I think the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is that, you know, you have to find something that you're passionate about. And, um, you know, I had spent a career in um, very large publicly traded companies. Um, and I learned a lot along the way and uh, I learned what I was passionate about, and I met people who um, taught me new things, and that's what led me to this experience, is just listening and learning um, about the world around me and coming to grips with the fact that this was a real problem, and I can actually help with that problem even though it's small to start. You know, my goal here is to, is to jumpstart a revolution in this, and, you know, we're small right now, but who knows where we're going to be. But I think, I think it all comes down to following your passions, you know, seeing where those opportunities are, and seeing where you can make a difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, you know, when I, my nonprofit organization, the Go Green Initiative has been around since 2002. And we work with K through 12 schools, not just in the US, we work with schools in all 50 states, but we also work with schools in 73 countries around the globe. Oh, wow! And one of the things that that I always say to to students, whether they're high school or college students, is you can take sustainability and your heart for the planet and the people who are impacted by environmental devastation with you anywhere into any yes. career choice. Um, and and But one of the things that, that, you know, they have a difficult time sometimes wrapping their head around is this idea that you have to be formally trained in anything before you have a job in that. And in some jobs, that's true. But, you know, like in doing what you're doing, starting a business with a sustainability mindset, talk to us just a little bit about how you learn about the sustainability topics you need to understand in order to start your company. I mean obviously you need to learn about business in order to do this. But you know, if if we lack formal training in sustainability, if we don't get a degree in environmental engineering or sustainability management, what do we do? What advice do you have for these students about, you know, learning what they need to about sustainability?
2: You know, I think that there are just a wealth of resources out there that you can research. I mean, for, for palm oil, as an example, you know, it's talking to some industry experts. It's follow, following organizations that are trying to do the right thing or breaking down the issues that they're seeing on the front lines. You know, I would say that, you know, we're in an age, I mean, when I, when I first started my career, you know, access to information was not even close to what it is today, Mm -hmm. And I think the fact of the matter is, is that there's so much information at your fingertips that it's actually pretty easy to learn. Mm -hmm. And there are so many great reputable sources that can help you do that and help you follow your passions.
1: Yeah. And these days too, I mean, and I still do this, you know, I'm certainly not new in my career, but I mean, I habitually do free trading webinars, um, you know, from a number of different organizations. I'm constantly learning. And so, I think it's important for us to, you know, pass on some of this wisdom to today's young leaders who want to make sustainability part of their career. And yes, it's wonderful if you can, you know, get a degree that, uh, you know pertains to sustainability but you know if you can't or if that's really oh, yeah. not what you want to study you still can do this
2: <laughs> absolutely I mean my degree was in marketing and finance
1: it had yeah. nothing
2: to do with sustainability yeah. um, but it's important to me and it's important to my family it's an important to the world around you so how can you leverage those skill sets to make a difference
1: yeah, absolutely. So, David, you know, back to this issue of palm oil and the the palm oil industry. In your mind, I mean, you're doing a great thing by starting a company that delivers up alternatives. But in your mind, what will it take to stop the environmental and human devastation that's currently being caused by the palm oil industry?
2: I think, I think it starts with an education. Mm-hmm. I think it's Bringing awareness to the problem. And then, you know, let the consumer decide. You know, I think that, you know, we've seen it now, you know, with, the, with what's happening with plastics. Or we saw what happened with, you know, trans fats. Or we've seen it happen with, you know, countless other things where people understand, learn and then ultimately understand the negative impact of situations that are happening around them and then people make the decision with their wallet and they make the decision with their voices and i think that's what we hope to do is we you know we want to stand on our soapbox we want to be able to have that conversation and teach people that there are, these are real issues and we have a better alternative and we don't have to be the only one that has a better alternative like people can get on that train and i think and i think it's not going to be easy but it is the right thing to do And I think people will
1: follow. I think you're right. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of times when we talk about issues like this, everybody's knee jerk reaction is it's got to be some kind of public policy. There's got to be some kind of law or there's got to be some kind of mandate. And, You know, again, when I'm talking with students, you know, I I, we explore public policy a lot. There is a role for public policy. But I always tell them, and I've been saying this for almost 20 years now, we're not gonna mandate, regulate, and legislate our way out of the mess that we're in right now when it comes to environmental degradation and pollution and the the human impact of all of that. And so there's there's more And, and the market and what we consume can make a substantive difference, even in the absence of any public policy. And so I think you're exactly right. I mean, it really is up to us. And thankfully, there are people like you providing viable alternatives. And I'm yep. hoping that some of our listeners will get out on PeteBrosPalmFree.com and start their journey. It all starts somewhere. We don't have to upend our lives, shake out everything that isn't perfectly green, and sacrifice our standard of living. There are steps that we can take in this journey, and that's okay. Take the first step today. And and on that, um, you know, I know that a lot of our listeners are probably thinking, okay, what can I do? How can I get involved? So besides, you know, buying your lotions and and soaps, can you give us two or three actions that we can take in the next week or the next month to be part of the solution?
2: Yeah, I, I think the first thing, do your research. Go through your house. Look at the ingredients and the products that you use and understand what you're really putting in and on your body. And then with that, don't be afraid to engage with people and having conversation around what you've learned. You know, what I love to do and, and bringing awareness to this problem and teaching people. And it's remarkable to me when people learn about this, how it impacts their day-to-day habits and that becomes a ripple effect. So I, you know, you, you, you got to take a stand. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do.
1: Well, and honestly, David, I mean, that's how I ended up going from being a, you know, a lifelong carnivore to a vegetarian. I I had people in my life who made it look good, and and they weren't onerous about it. They were, they just lived a great life and told me their story, and I wanted a piece of that. In the final moments that we have left in the show, David, what parting thoughts would you like to leave with our listeners?
2: I would say... Ask for better alternatives. Mm-hmm. Look for better alternatives. They're, they are out there. Pete Brothers, is a perfect example, is a better alternative. And, you know, don't be afraid um, to actually spend the time and do the research and look for products that are better for you and your family. In the well long said. run, it's worth yep. it.
1: Well said, David, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks to all of our listeners who joined us. We're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.